0: So beautiful. I'm giving my best to you, Lord. I wonder if that's really true of us. I, if I'm honest, I would say there's many times where I don't give God my best. We're going to be looking at that very thing today. But first, I want to tell you a story. See, I recently bought a house, and me and my wife we've been doing a lot of DIY projects, do-it-yourself. Recently, we put in a ceiling fan. And after we put the ceiling fan in, I felt good. I was like, man, look at that ceiling fan. It's working great. It didn't fall out the ceiling. I felt proud. And then it was time to mount the remote. Now, the important part about this remote is that it actually controls the fan. If it breaks, we have no way of controlling the ceiling fan we just put in. And I go to mount it. I don't read the instructions. It's three-step instructions. I was like, I got it. I know I'm looking at it. I know exactly how this should go. I put it on the wall, I put the remote in there and it falls. I make a few minor adjustments, it falls again. So finally I look at the instructions and realize I'm doing it completely wrong. I wonder how many of us live this way, ignoring the owner's manual. How many of us live by default? See, I was risking damaging something important because I did not refer to the owner's manual. Do we live like this? Saying things like living by these ideas. It seems right, so it must be right. Do we live like this? My family's always done it this way, so it must be the best way. It's good enough for me. We fail to make the most of what God has given us when we live by default. And if we wanna maximize God's gifts for good, we must live by design. This is why we've been in a series that focuses on this very thing. We're called to live by design. Over the last few weeks, we've looked at how to live by design with money, our time, Today we'll look at it from the perspective of our bodies, and next week we'll look at it from influence. Today we're going to take a look at what the world says about our bodies, and we're going to contrast that with what God says about our bodies. Allow me to open us up in prayer. Let's go before the Lord, and then we will dive into what God has for us this morning. Heavenly Father, We want it to be true. We want to give you our very best. So in this time, Lord, remove any distractions that may hinder us from hearing you. Father, give me the words to speak and communicate it perfectly to your congregation that they would hear you and not me, that they would be encouraged and challenged by you, Lord. That I would be as well. Father, help us, empower us to do our very best to proclaim your love and good news. It's in your Holy Son, Christ Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So I said we're going to compare and contrast what it looks like to live by the world's way and by God's way. See, living by the world's wisdom is living by default. But living by godly wisdom is living by design. The world's wisdom tells us that our bodies are for pleasure, that we should worship our bodies and even other people's bodies. Worship of our bodies can look like how we eat. Food is good. It's meant to sustain us and even bring us pleasure. However, oftentimes we find our comfort and food. We overeat because we're looking for peace in a place that we should never be searching for. Instead of trusting God, we can turn to food, and it's why our nation is obese. The CDC says 42% of the U.S. is obese, and 9% are morbidly obese. We have found so much comfort in food that it is killing us. According to the Journal of the American Heart Association, the number of U.S. adults who die from heart disease, whose death record cited obesity as a contributing factor, was three times greater in 2020 than in 1999. Going from 2.2 deaths per thousand people to 6.6 deaths, per thousand people, which means that three hundred and thirty-one thousand nine hundred people a year die from heart disease associated with obesity. The way we eat is killing us. Another way that we can seek pleasure in the worship of our bodies is through lust. Sex is a gift that God gave to man in the confines of marriage It is a a good gift, but we take it out of God's context and we chase fantasies. Lust can look like romance novels, pornography, or sex outside of marriage. When we worship bodies in lust, it is damaging. It leads to broken homes, single parenthood, abortion, and even anxiety. Covenant eyes, a Christian community company charged with setting God's people free from porn addiction says, one out of five searches are for porn. And 65% of Christian men watch porn. 15% of Christian women do as well. In 2020, researchers at Steinberg University found that 20% of lifetime porn users had severe anxiety And extreme levels of anxiety significantly higher than the rest of the tested population. Our worship of bodies is killing us. This is what the world tells us we're supposed to do with our bodies. The world tells us we're supposed to look a specific way. It tells us to chase after a specific type of body. So sometimes it's not about our pleasure, but it's about our insecurities. We are killing ourselves to look like the bodies that we worship. Maybe you desire to look like Margaret Roby, So you starve yourself and you run on the treadmill every day because you believe if you were thin, you'd be happier. Maybe you want to look like Kim Kardashian. So you get surgery to fill out that backside because if you had a little bit more, In your back pockets, you would be happier. Men do this too. Barely eating and lifting like crazy to look like Daniel Craig. That's James Bond, if you don't know. Or maybe you want to get jacked so you inject your body with steroids so you can look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We are killing ourselves to look like the bodies that we want. All of these can lead to depression or even death. According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons in 2018, Brazilian butt lifts resulted in an alarming rate of mortality estimated at as high as one in every 3,000 people. The world's perspective leads to poor choices that create patterns that have become our prison. I'll say that again. The world's perspective has led to poor choices that have created patterns and become our prison. We are anxious, depressed, and dying. And we cannot live by default anymore. We must choose design. We either steward the gifts God has given us, the gifts the master has given us, or those gifts will master us. That includes our bodies. We must see our bodies as gifts from God if we hope to move away from the despair of worshiping bodies and move towards glorifying God in our bodies. When we understand the intimacy of which God has created us, that he created our bodies in, how unique and intentional he was, it changes our perspective. We learn to treasure the God that created these bodies and to treasure the bodies he's given us. We can see this in the Psalm of David. Psalm 139, 13 to 18, it says, For you created my innermost One of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. God created us on purpose and for a purpose. With great intentionality, he created us. So I ask you. Who told you you weren't enough? And why did you believe them? You were God's masterpiece, perfectly crafted. You're one of one. Your value is through the roof. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not beautiful and wonderfully made. David recognizes this because of God's intentionality in crafting him. And it turns him to thanksgiving. It turns him to stewardship. When we recognize God's love and care for us and how he has made us, we should leave full of song, Like David, the artist of the psalm, as he says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them They would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. God's thoughts have gripped him and changed his perspective. God's amazing love for David moved him to song, to sing of God's great love, and it became the driving force of his life. The vast love God had for David moved him to a response of thankfulness and a pursuit of God He says, when I awake, I am still with you. David's love moves him to purposeful pursuit of God. And just like David, we're made on purpose and for a purpose to love the Lord and make his name known. To steward our bodies, we must know our body's purpose. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, do you not know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore honor God with your bodies. God has placed his Holy Spirit inside of you to empower you to love God, to empower you to love your neighbor, And to share his gospel. Your body is where heaven meets earth. Through your body, God plans to share the message of his love for the world. With your neighbors, your friends, your family, and your co-workers. He desires to bless you and bless those around you by the work of your hands. And God desires to bless you with a great love that you are called to spread to others and to receive from others as well. If you have breath in your lungs, God can use you. You, your body, it may be aging. You may even have disease, but God is faithful. And he loves to shock the enemy. He used David to slay Goliath. He gave Abraham a son at a 100 years old. He split the Red Sea to divide the Israelites. He split the Red Sea to deliver the Israelites from their enemy. God is faithful and he can use you for his kingdom. He is in the business of making miracles. He's in the business of using the unlikely candidate. That's you and me. So he can do it. He can do it with you and through you. The question is, are we willing to be uncomfortable? Are we willing to exercise faith? Because we're a diverse community of Jesus followers, God showed me this video and I had to share it with you. I saw a woman who was connecting with people over racial and generational lines by using her body. Uh, Can we pull that fitness video up on the screen? you couldn't read those words, it said she is 71 years old, and she is goals because she is using her body to cross racial lines, generational lines. I guarantee you that ain't the music she grew up with. (laughs) God wants to use us. The only thing stopping him from doing so is our pride and our love for pleasure and comfort. Let's get creative. Let's find new ways to honor God by using our bodies to connect with the community around us for his glory. God is calling us away from living by default and he's calling us to live by design. It won't be easy. We need community to do this well. Find some people who you can bring around you, who will encourage you on this journey. Who can, who holds you accountable? Who has the right to tell you lovingly, you don't need that third plate. I know it's Thanksgiving, and them sweet potatoes are smacking. But that third plate is a little too much. You know you're going to have to unbutton your pants. You'll get the itis and fall asleep. Then how will you love your grandkids and tell them about how God is working in your life when you slobbering on the couch? <laughs> Who has the right to lovingly tell you these things? Who do you go to when you struggle with lust? Because if we lust, it's hard to love the people in the world that we meet because we're busy thinking about their bodies and not about their soul. Who has the right to speak into your life on those things? Who do you go to for accountability with those things? Who is speaking God's truth over you when you forget that you are wonderfully made by God? Who is encouraging you in what God has called you to? Who is challenging you to get out of your comfort zone? If you can't answer those questions, it's time to sign up for a growth group. We've been saying it for two years. It's not for us, it is for you. Although I'm in a growth group because I know the benefit that it has. We need community, we need accountability, and we need a plan. Because you're not gonna be up there, 71, leading an exercise class without a plan. What is your plan for improving your health What is your plan for stewarding God's temple? How can you improve your health to extend your life that you may extend your time serving God here? Maybe for you it's functional weight training. I watched this cool video. I wish I would have thrown it up there. But there's this video of this guy and he's lifting weights and it's a weird lift. He's like on one leg like this again and again and again. And he's got one arm. He keeps doing this. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then it flashes forward. And he's got a disabled son that wants to sit by the pool. And so he's learning to balance himself like this as he goes all the way down. My knees is bad, so I'm not going to do it all the way down. But he goes all the way down and he functionally weight trains so that he can sit by the pool with his son. I saw another video where an old man, he's taking these medicine balls and he's lifting them high into the air again and again and again. And I'm like, why is he lifting these balls? And at the end of the video, it shows he's doing so so that each year, he can lift his granddaughter up so she can put the star on a tree at Christmas. These are simple ideas, but functional weight training, it's helpful so that we can do the things that we care about, so what is it that God is calling you to care about and then to pursue? Maybe for you, you start eating healthy, and I'm not talking about a diet. Don't do no crazy, fad diet. Just make a life change, say, you know, maybe meat, potatoes, and vegetables. Maybe mama was right. And if you cook broccoli the right way, I'm telling you, I'll give you a recipe later. It is good. My mama was right. Get out there, serve the community. Make new friends. Put yourself out there. And then share God and how he was moving through you with a friend. Go and encourage somebody. Maybe you need counseling. Because you recognize that our health our physical health that's tied to our mental and emotional health. And if we're called to steward God's temple, we got to steward all of it. If we want to live by design, we must take care of our bodies, the bodies that God has given us, knowing that he created us wonderfully and for wonderful works. Today, you may be saying, what is all this about? This design versus the default. Well, it's it's simple. There's a God who loves us incredibly. So much so that he sent his one and only son to live the perfect life on this earth. And he sacrificed his body. So that those of us who believe in him could have eternal life and be made right with God. That son, his name is Jesus Christ. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, defeating our sin. And now we can have perfect life with God one day when he returns. This is the good news of the gospel, that God sacrificed his body for us. So let us sacrifice our bodies for him. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So let God's great love move us to be the hands and feet of our community. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this good news that you are willing to put your son's body on the line for us. Father, help us, encourage us, lead us in creative ways that we may glorify you in our bodies. Father, I lift up to you the unrest in Palestine and Israel. Father, draw near to those who are hurting, who have lost people. God, we know you care deeply for them. Let your love change the way that the governments are operating there. I pray for the Ukraine and Russia and the unrest there as well. Father, let your love end the wars. I lift up Tainan. I pray for his healing, Lord. And I pray for my grandmother and my family as Mary Helen has entered into hospice. Specifically pray for our children, Claire and Scott and the rest of my aunts and uncles. Father, we lift up all of this in your son's name, Christ Jesus' name. Amen.